Good evening, Hampton Roads, Tidewater Region, Northern North Carolina, and internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You are listening to us tonight on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial in Hampton Roads. And we're also heard on www.christianbroadcasting.com. Or excuse me, that's www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. All right, and we're here to break down, discuss, and offer insight into the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. That's our mission, to help restore, rebuild, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Right. I want to give a quick reminder that all of our broadcasts are located on iTunes and anytime you want to listen to one or hear one again, it touched you or you have a question about it, you can go to iTunes.com and search The C.D. Hodges' Podcast. Let me say that again. You can go to iTunes and search The C.D. Hodges' Podcast. You'll find these recordings and a whole lot more there you can listen to at your leisure. On last week, I had some technical difficulties with a recording that I made and I wasn't able to play it for you. I think you would have really enjoyed it in a very, very special way. Uh, uh, Last weekend, I made the recording when I was in Cleveland, Ohio. I was gathered there with several of my cousins and we had gone up to visit with my aunt and help her prepare her house for moving. She's a little older and she's challenged health-wise, so we all gathered together. And while there with my cousins, uh, we recorded what I hope would be a very special segment of Marriage and Family Clinic. I thought the recording had gone off without a hitch and everything was going so well. I'm telling you, we enjoyed it so much. It was delightful. It was enlightening. It was encouraging. And as my cousins and I talked about the issue of our family relationships, I mean, you could just feel the love flowing in the room. It was so thick you could almost cut it with a knife as they used to say. And I thought the recording had gone off without a hitch. Everything looked like it was working just fine. But unfortunately, I found out that it was a defective recording. And I so wanted to share that uh, recording with you because my cousins and I had expressed some very serious, deep, heartfelt sentiments about family and family relationships that no doubt would have been a tremendous blessing. Uh, so I'm definitely going to have to try that again at some point sometime in the future. And you ought to get with your family and discuss some real family issues. What does it mean to be in your family? What does it mean to be in your marriage? What's the mission of your family? What does your family do for you? What does your nuclear, what does your family of origin do for you? What does your extended family do to you or for you rather? And remembering the definition of a family that I gave you a long, long time ago when we first started this, uh, my definition of family is a God-ordained, God-assigned, ready-made network of love, support, security, nurturing. Uh, that's a family. So what does your family do for you? You ought to have that conversation. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised to hear some things. And some of the things that you hear, if you have that serious conversation and have it from your heart, some of the things you hear uh, will truly surprise you. Also, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I want to take a few weeks and present a series speaking to issues that women deal with. 
Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know everything about a woman. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not going to pretend to solve all of women's problems and whatever your issues may be, uh, uh, whatever your source of your issues are, whatever. I'm not here to solve it. Uh, my goal will always be here at Marriage and Family Clinic, my goal will always be to offer useful insight into the dynamics of these marriage and family relationships. And it so happens that in this series, I want to offer insight into relationships in a manner that will benefit women in particular. So again, I want to begin and continue a series tonight dealing with women's issues. Now, week before last, if you recall, I did a, uh, I began the series by actually defining a woman. And I'm getting into that a little bit on tonight. And again, if you want to listen to that again, go search for it on iTunes. You can search the C.D. Hodges' podcast and you'll find the definition of a woman there. Uh, and as I did before a couple of weeks ago, let me also offer this apology up front. I don't mean to offend anyone. If I sound old fashioned or if I sound out of date or you know what I'm saying there, if my information sounds outdated because it's based on the Bible, I really don't mean to offend anyone. And I'm never going to say anything that would cause you to think that I believe that women ought to be stepped on by men. Old contrary. And if you have had listened to my first episode where I defined a woman and talked about that woman in Proverbs 31, you will know good and well that that's the furthest thing from my mind and the furthest thing from my heart. Women are not made to be stepped on and walked on by men and certainly not made to be abused by men. Women are created with their own divinely assigned purpose just as men are. All right. But if you listen and give consideration, I really believe that what I have uh, can be helpful to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. A couple of weeks ago, I attempted to, I did attempt to define a woman, and this is an extremely difficult task because a woman is a divinely complex being. A woman is not complex because she's a woman and because she's emotional, or anything like that. A woman is complex because God took the time to design her Himself. God took the time to design the woman. And as I stated a couple of weeks ago, there is no one precise or succinct definition of a woman. A woman comes in so many different shapes, sizes, colors, gifts, abilities, talents, ages, and assemblages of personality trait. And, and that's exactly what a woman is. It's, it, it, she's this collection uh, of shapes and sizes, colors, gifts, abilities, talents, ages, uh, uh, her, her assembling of personality traits. All that is given her by God and all this goes into making a a woman. That's the best way to define a woman. There's no one thing, no one way, no one definition for a woman. She's a whole lot of God stuff rolled into one being. But, but, I, I, and again, I, I do think that we can kind of pick out something about a woman. And just as a reminder, I'm telling you that a woman is a divinely inspired. She's a wonderful mix of the biological, the physiological, the psychological, the emotional, the spiritual, and some more. And all of these, her biology, her physiology, her psychology, her emotional, her spiritual, all of these come together to form a unique person with divinely appointed purpose. 
Let me say that again. All of this comes together to form this unique person with divinely appointed purpose. Again, a woman is biological because she's a living organism with specific chromosomal arrangement. She has two X chromosomes that determine her sex. If you got two X chromosomes, you are a woman. I don't care what surgery does. I don't care what medicine can do for you. You can change your hormones. But if you have two X chromosomes, you're always going to be a woman. A woman is physiological because she has breasts. She has sex organs. She has other things physically, physically that the distinguish her as a woman and a woman is psychological because of her shared experience with other women throughout history a woman is emotional because her capacity to feel is a world different from a man's most importantly a woman is spiritual because she is specifically designed by god with a lot of god life zoe a lot of god life in her and she too was created in god's image she was never created to be less than man, but God created her with as much purpose as a man. I hope you get that. And if you agree with me on all of that, and in consideration of everything that I just said in defining a woman, then you and I ought to be able to understand, and, and we ought to be able to understand that it's no wonder Satan attacks women and their perception of themselves. Because if Satan can twist the woman's perception of herself, he can distort her purpose. And so Satan, he's used to attacking the women and their concept, their perception of themselves, their self-image. My anecdotal evidence says there is no shortage of women who live with a constant concern that their physical appearance is somehow lacking. Let me say it again. I don't have statistical data on it. I haven't talked to a million women to draw the conclusion. I said my anecdotal evidence. That simply means what I have observed personally over time. And that evidence says to me that there is no shortage of women who live with a constant concern that their physical appearance is lacking. Women seem to consistently struggle with their view of themselves. And much of their struggle is over their physical image, their body image, the body shape. And body image is all about how a woman feels and thinks about herself. And you better believe how she feels and thinks about herself heavily influences how she feels and thinks about others. Sure, men have their issues and we're going to get to those after we've done with this series on women. I'm sure we're going to deal in a series on men's issues. But right now we're talking about women, and it seems that a woman is it can easily be haunted by feelings of physical inadequacy, and that's a common occurrence among women. A woman may be accomplished, she may be professional, she may be educated, she may even be a career woman. She has a successful career, and with all of this going for her, she still second guesses her physical appearance and she still doubts that her physical body can portray beauty. It's hard to deny that the way in which the media portrays women and beauty affects the thinking and feeling of so many women. So many women will see uh, uh, models portrayed on television commercials. Uh, for the life of me, I don't understand why a few years ago, uh, one of the hamburger fast food restaurants was advertising hamburgers with a near naked woman 
uh, rolling all over a car top in suds, washing the guy, whatever the case may be, difficult to describe even. But why did we have to use what appeared to be this perfect woman to make that ad? Companies do market their products by using models that are airbrushed to remove their imperfections. Magazine covers always have the perfect woman on the cover. She has no acne. She has no cellulite. She has no curves. She's just unreal. And to me, she's quite boring. You know it's a shame when the women they portray complain about the airbrushing, complain about the touch-ups, complain about the photoshopping. No matter how small your hips are, by the time you get to the studio, your hips are always too large. No matter how small your nose is, by the time you get to the studio, the nose is always too large. And so uh, uh, marketeers and, and, and magazine editors, they always feel the need to brush up, Photoshop up, airbrush up women in to change their physical appearance trying to make it seem like we have the perfect woman and that sends out this improper inappropriate message to other women and to young girls you know we, we've had any number of celebrities saying portray me just as i am or don't portray me at all and a couple of weeks ago, last week, I believe it was, I saw uh, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend's wife, and uh, another model, what, no, a young lady, Demi Lovato, that's who it was. They were on the internet, and they were taking pictures, and they were proudly showing their cellulite. Well, they have a lot of other things going for them also that can make up for that imperfection. But the thing I want to commend them on is that they dare reveal their imperfections there is no such thing as a perfect body there is no such thing as a perfect woman what in the world is a perfect body anyhow what does that mean there is no such thing but somehow or another the fashion world has convinced the rest of the world that beauty is this five foot ten inch woman who weighs about a hundred pounds she has no shape she has no curve and she has pale skin somehow or another the world has been convinced that this is the standard of beauty. And that beauty bar is set way too high. Or in my own guesstimation, that beauty bar is set way too low. Where did the fashion world get the power to make a law that determines beauty in a woman anyhow? As I grow older, I come to find out that true beauty rests on the inside of a woman. Nothing on the outside. Because if the inside of the woman is not right, whatever is going on the outside is marred by the power and the strength of her internal being. So if she's got a nasty soul, no matter how pretty and how long her hair is, no matter how tan her skin is, no matter how shapeless or shapeful she is, if she has a nasty soul, if she has a nasty heart, if she has a nasty disposition, if she has a nasty personality, Everything else is going to follow that nastiness into a world of nasty. And that's just the bottom line. Now, I can't speak for all men, but I'm going to take the liberty and speak for a whole lot of men. I just cannot believe that most men believe that this paper thin 100 pound model who looks like she's going to break as she walks down the runway is an example of beauty. 
You know, I read in an article online in the online edition of Psychology Today that said one study of over 100,000 individuals found that girls' self-esteem does not fall precipitously at adolescence. And although girls are no different, uh, although girls are more anxious about their appearance than boys, there are no differences between girls and boys' self-esteem in academic matters. So when it comes to academia, when it comes to intelligence, girls are no different than boys. But when it comes to the idea of my physical appearance, when it comes to the idea of the image of my body, girls have a whole lot more anxiety than boys do. And that's a point, that's a fact worth remembering. All right. Hey, listen, I want to remind you, listen to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic in Hampton Roads. You're following us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. On the Internet, we're at www.christianbroadcasting.com. You can also find my podcast on iTunes. Look us up, The C.D. Hodges' Podcast. Hey, as usual, I'm asking you, I'm petitioning you to reach out, email me, inbox me on Facebook. Let me know that you hear us. Let me know whether or not I'm doing you any good. All right? All right. Now, as I already stated, a woman, and, and in this case a girl, they may, uh, may be otherwise accomplished and developed, but she still wrestles with her physical appearance. She sees herself as less beautiful or just less than because of her physical appearance. Now, I'm not saying every woman Please understand me. I'm not saying every woman is suffering from some self-esteem issue. What I'm saying is, is there is no shortage of women who deal with this particular issue. The number of women who deal with this issue is great enough that the issue deserves time speaking to. All right. National Institute of Mental Health says in 2010, 20% of women struggle with an eating disorder. And 90% of those women with the eating disorders are between the ages of 12 and 25. Guess what ages most products are marketed to? 12 to 25. Isn't it something that as a model, once you cross the age of 25, you're getting to be too old? I don't pretend to know all the ins and outs of why women develop eating disorders. The, the reasons are far too many. But there is one thing that I do believe in all my heart. A woman or a girl, uh, 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 they don't do themselves any favor by chasing the phantom self. You don't do yourself any favors by chasing the phantom self. What do I mean by the phantom self? The phantom self is the person you imagine you would be if you had a body just right. The phantom self is the person you imagine you would be if you had the body that you truly dream of and that you really desire. In some women's imaginations, they would be a totally different person, living a totally different life, enjoying totally different relationships if they just had a totally different body. This is really a self-destructive pattern that leads to heartache, misery, mental illness, physical illness, damaged relationship, and a whole host of other negative effects. For so many, it all began when they were little girls. Disney shows a standard of beauty in the princesses. Magazines show a standard of beauty. TV and movies show a standard of beauty. The princess is never shown as overweight. She's always unrealistically trim and fit with long flowing hair. 
It's no wonder little girls grow into big girls with self-image problems. Then by the time she gets to middle school and high school, she has to deal with the pretty and the popular girls, but she's never seen herself that way. This is just one issue that school-age girls deal with. So don't, don't ever say that children, be they boy or girl, don't ever say that children don't have any problems. Their problems may not be on the same scale as adult problems, but they have problems nonetheless. Their problems may not be the same as your problems, but they have problems nonetheless. And they have to learn to deal with them just as you do. And so many things happen in a child's childhood that impacts them for the rest of their life. And how they see themselves definitely impacts them for the rest of their lives. So this is just one thing that a school-age girl has to deal with. And maybe you know somebody like this. And, and I don't have time to discuss all of this that I would like to. I hope you're getting this with me. I hope you're flowing with me. Maybe you'll do some research on your own. Uh, maybe you'll read up on it. Maybe you'll look in the mirror and ask yourself how you really truly feel about yourself. Maybe you'll look in the mirror and examine yourself. And ask yourself the difficult question. And maybe you'll be able to be brutally honest with yourself. And say, yeah, I've got a little issue with the way that I see myself, my physical appearance. I feel some kind of way based on my physical appearance. And maybe you know somebody like this. Maybe you know a friend, a loved one, a cousin, a sister, an aunt, a mother. A daughter even. Maybe you know someone that's dealing with negative views of themselves and their physical appearance. Have you ever asked yourself, what can I do to help my friend or my loved one who is suffering from the negative effects of seeing herself in a negative light? Got just a few suggestions for you. First of all, know that you cannot fix anyone. You can't fix anyone. And you cannot change a person's mind. So the first and most important thing to do in a case like this, if you know someone who's suffering over their physical image, if you know someone who feels down on themselves, they have low self-esteem because of the way that they see themselves physically, if you know someone like that, the first and most important thing to do is to accept them and love them for who they are right where they are. Your relationship with them must send them the message that you are good enough for me just like you are. The way that you interact in the relationship with them, they must get the message. I'm not saying you say this every time you get together. I'm saying the relationship, what they get out of being in relationship with you is that I am good enough just like I am. And I don't have to change to meet some imaginary fictitious standard of beauty. When it comes to their relationship with you, they need to feel accepted and not judged. There may come a moment when you may say something about their dilemma. It just might come. You have an opportunity or responsibility or, or a cause or whatever the case may be. You may get a chance to say something about their dilemma and their issue. And maybe, just maybe one day, they just may say something to you about it. But that they'll never come. 
that day will never come if your relationship with them does not send them the message that they are good enough just like they are. They don't have to change and you will not judge them. When they do come to you, it will be because they feel secure in their relationship with you. They feel secure enough to let their guard down and confide in you. That's the feeling that they get from being around you. So you, you, you do want to maximize positive language around your friend or loved one. What you want to do, you do want to maximize positive uh, uh, language around your friend and loved one. But you don't want to be patronizing. And as is the case in most issues, don't give them the ever popular, oh, why don't you just do so-and-so? Well, why don't you just do so? Why don't you just stop? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you, you know, that never does anybody any good in any situation. Because if it were ever that simple, would they would just do so-and-so. But it's not that simple. And you don't understand the complexity of the issue because you're not walking in their shoes. Now, depending on the severity of your friend or loved one's experience, uh, it may do them well to seek counseling or therapy. That may come in the form of ministry also. It may be Christian counseling. It may be a pastor. It may be a lay counselor at a church. Or it may be a professional counselor, a licensed professional counselor, a licensed professional therapist. This service can help your friend or loved one form a fresh and appropriate perspective of themselves. Counseling can also help them learn mental techniques that will significantly reduce their anxiety over the issue. A whole lot of people, I bet you would be surprised to find out the number of women who are suffering uh, 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 negative consequences of the number of women who are suffering mentally and emotionally, psychologically, because of how they view their bodies. They're looking all accomplished on the outside, but on the inside, they're an emotional wreck full of anxiety. You may never know it because they never let on to it. But I'm telling you something. Some good targeted counseling can help them learn mental techniques that can significantly reduce and even eliminate the anxiety over their issue. Because check this out, at the root of the issue is the way they think. At the root of every issue is the way we think. And if you can change your thinking, you can change your living. If you can change your thinking, you can change your feeling. And I'm telling you, anything that can help you change your thinking, that's what you ought to be about. A counselor can also help them be real about themselves. They may be in denial about the issue, pretending that all is well, but at home in the bedroom, they cry themselves to sleep at night. They may be in denial about the issue that has a medical or biological basis. In other words, there may be something medically or physically going on in their body that their body is responding to. And that's why they gain weight or that's why they lose weight or that's why this, that or the other. And that that condition, that that issue requires attention or requires or deserves treatment. 
in all of these issues, health should be a primary concern. Whatever is going on, health should be a primary concern. All right? So listen, I'm about out of time here, but it's been good to be with you. We're just talking tonight about women's issues and we're dealing with how women see themselves physically and the things that they deal with. Look, you're going to have to be honest and deal with yourself. Get help. Like always, get help if you need it. Hey, I'm out of time, but I want to thank you for joining in this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. We're going to be right back here next Tuesday, 6 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial in Hampton Roads and WW www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com on the internet. As always, email me. Let me hear from you. Inbox me on Facebook. Look us up on iTunes, The C.D. Hodges Podcast. So glad you're with us. Look forward to being with you next week. Until then, God bless you. And remember, you can't have peace without surrendering yourself to the Prince of Peace. We're out.